Hi everyone, welcome to Illumination. My name is Adora Mbelu and I'm extremely passionate about helping people live a purposeful life. On this show, I'm going to be talking with so many amazing people whose journeys I hope will inspire you, will motivate you, and will empower you to do so many amazing things in this world because I believe that you were made for greatness. And so I want you to listen to all of this stuff and I want you to remind yourself that you are light. Today's guest, Patrick Koshoni, is a former lawyer turned hospitality merchant and designer with a specialization in architecture, interior, and furniture. Patrick is also a trained IT professional who has worked for blue chip firms Anderson Consulting, now Accenture, AT&T, and Financial Services Authority while honing his entrepreneurial aspirations part-time via establishment of Aborigin, an African art and craft shop in the UK. Patrick moved back to Lagos in 2002 to set up Urban Living, a design-led interiors retail outlet which became a source for a mix of contemporary furniture and ethnic interior accessories. In 2006, he set up Patrick Wahid Design Consultancy with his partner Adesio Kumbi. Patrick's passion and entrepreneurial drive doesn't stop here. In 2013, he founded Miliki, a members-only private lounge that has become one of the most interesting places for what he calls quiet enjoyment, providing members access to food, drinks, music, and curated events. He's continuously executing creative solutions to meet the requirements of people who appreciate the value of good design and hospitality. On this episode, Patrick talks about his passion for delivering world-class value and excellence. Hi, Patrick. It is brilliant to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. It's amazing. The first time that I met you, I remember it was at Miliki, actually. Okay. So I think I'd seen you in passing, but then we met properly at Miliki and right. it's like we had a... What an interesting conversation. It, it felt like we started off, you know, just small talk, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, and then I didn't even know you were the owner of Miliki. Um, you have always been this discreet guy. <laughs> you're, you're in the space and I'm thinking you're a patron and I'm having this conversation <laughs> with you. Um, and then it, it, it became a deeper conversation. And Correct. then I found out that you were the owner. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. But yeah, that, I feel like that's you, right? Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, but it was beautiful. So thanks, right. thanks for being here. Right, mm -hmm. we're gonna delve right into it. But in your bio, you talk about you know your commitment to delivering, to showing that Lagos can deliver world class value. Correct. Right? Um, what does that mean to you? It means pursuing excellence in all I do, mm. and making sure that um, the uh, recipient of my services knows that they've gotten full value for their consideration. And that um, um, value, if possible, should be able to be measured against world standards. Mm. So you said you've come to have a meal at Miliki. A patron comes with a guest from New York. Mm. I want that guy to say, wow, or the person to say, wow, I enjoy that. Mm. That for me is my version of world class. That means indigenes and locals enjoy what I offer and people who have no connection to it coming out of the normal sort of local mm. indigenous um, areas. Right. Also come from abroad, especially, and say, wow, that's all class enough for me. Right. And where do you think that passion comes from? That passion for excellence, where do you think it comes from? 
Well, in your life, it's part of my upbringing. Mm. It's also part of my exposure, and that combination um, creates an aspiration for me. Um, I have lived abroad. I've worked abroad. I've seen how not only they maintain standards, but how they create legacies. Mm. It's through the pursuit of excellence, mm. and I just thought, well, it doesn't have to be corporations or countries or huge organizations or whatever. You can pursue excellence just in your own life every day. Mm. I pursue excellence by making sure that I always have clean underwear. Mm. Yeah, right. That's a one form right. of pursuit. <laughs> right. I make sure that my guest toilet is always clean, mm. and so anytime people use it, it's always it looks as clean as fresh, and maybe they they even want to stay there. Mm. You know, that's, so you don't you don't have to pursue excellence only by um, huge, highfalutin, um, laudable, commendable things. You mm. can pursue excellence in different ways. Mm. I make sure my um, my fridge is always clean and mm. smelling nice and anything. You can pursue excellence in so many ways. And that's very true. I, mm. I, I feel like a lot of people tend to focus on the macro and the big mm -hmm. things. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's the, it's a combination of those small, small, small things that you do excellently um, versus having the, we'll manage, everybody will be fine, or it's Nigeria you know, thought process, uh, which I feel like we use as an excuse. Well, there's some truth in Sometimes, that. Well, and it's also, um, uh, it's also useful as an excuse. Too. <laughs> right, it's become useful, right? Yeah. For people who don't know you, mm -hmm. um, and you know, who are just seeing or hearing about you for the first time, right. I want you to just sort of, you know, take me through your journey, right? I know it's broad because there's so much that has happened, but um, but you know, if you just tell me a little bit about, you know, your, your life, right? Go, getting up to where we are now, okay. you know, that evolution of Patrick or PK, right. <laughs> the evolution. Well, um, I, get, I didn't get to choose my parents. Mm. I didn't get to choose where I was born. I was born to um, a naval officer and my mother was, um, studying secretarial studies in, in UK. And, um, I was born in London. Moved over to Nigeria, possibly before I was two. Yeah, because I remember I have a picture. Sorry, much before I was one, because mm. I remember a one-year-old birthday party mm. picture. And um, grew up in a military barracks in Apapa. Went to school in the local area, which is uh, Corona. And um, enjoyed a fantastic um, upbringing. Very sheltered, very strict. My mm. dad is the military. It's not no joke. My mm. mom is a serious disciplinarian as well. Have three brothers, had to look after them over growing up. Uh, because I'm the first boy, you know what that means in our, in our tradition, in our culture. Your your father as well. You yeah, are your yeah. father at that age as well. So you yeah. get beaten for their mistakes as well, yeah. if you know what that I mean. Secondary school was a mixture of um estate school experience in Wari, mm. uh Hosey College. And we left from I I was living in Koi then, we had moved to Ikoi. Um so from Ikoi to Wari, wow. Wow. Talk about a culture shock without traveling far. <laughs> and then um, ended up in FGC Loring, mm. uh, secondary school. Fantastic. It was like a five-star hotel compared to where I was coming from. I just thought, guys, man, you guys are not serious. Is this school? <laughs> <laughs> um, ended up in uh, University of Joss, yeah. which was mind-blowing, beautiful. Um, I always compare Joss to, uh, well, my experience in Joss to um, what I'll call the B-side of an album. Mm. Slightly growing vinyl here, old school. Mm. So you got the A side, which is commercial, sing song, summer block, a blockbuster, mm. but the B side, where the artist actually sings for themselves. Right. So that's what Joss was like for me. It was um, very relaxed. I didn't understand that time. We had a strong um, undercurrent of creativity mm -hmm. because it wasn't the public eye, so to speak. It wasn't Lagos, it wasn't Kaduna. 
It wasn't Putaka to where the oil was coming from or anything. It just had its own vibe. I really enjoyed it. It helped me to be myself without having the anxieties or the concerns of, um, let's call it a more bling life. Mm, the <laughs> city know? life. Yes. Right? So we never had no, nobody, maybe one or two students had cars in back in those days. One or two, I'm serious. Um, we went everywhere in public transport. We were all the same. No matter where you came from, we were all the same. We were in just. And I, I studied law there. Mm. Uh, struggled a bit in between because law. <sighs> Okay. Why did you pick law? Pick it. I, <laughs> well, I tried to pick something else, but it didn't work out. I, I remember my first jam form. It's a very thin paper, I remember. And I put art, but I knew that. I just put it there for writing's sake. Of course, at the time when it was time to submit, I started erasing it and trying to mm. put the proper thing. Uh, and it tore. <laughs> Five Naira jam form. So I had to buy another. And I, they already gave me the money for it. So yeah. I had to use my own money. Or my out of my pocket money to buy another one. This time I didn't make mock around. I just went for the cost that I knew. My parents would say, "Well done, my son." <laughs> Pat on the back. Pat on the back. <laughs> the lawyer. So, right. You know, in those days, it would have been. There were not many um, mentors or um, shining lights mm. that were close enough to us at that age, or that we could make um, sense of what they were doing and say, "I want mm, Yusuf Grillo." Now that he's so popular to us uh, to my age. I want to be like Yusuf Grillo mm. or I want to be like um, any of the Zara rebels because I really love my art. Mm. We couldn't make a connection within with how they survived or we never saw the commercial connection to their life or how they made a living from art. Mm. Basically, no one saw it. I couldn't see a living a connection to how to make a living from art. Mm. So even though I wanted to be an artist or uh, what I now know is called a designer, mm. but uh, there was no connection. Mm. I mean, how do you go about doing this thing? Mm. Even if you write art in your um, thing, how do you tell your parents, justify to your parents that you want to be an artist? How right. many artists did you see um, hanging around your folks or supposedly living um, a reasonably comfortable life? Mm. Like, well, maybe it was I, like a hobby. Yeah, maybe I was too sheltered to, uh, to yeah. be exposed yeah. to all that. Yeah. So I just chose uh, law. Anyway, cut a long story short, back in Joss, I, had to, I struggled a bit because I wasn't really interested in it. But then I realized that, oh boy, you won't live here. <laughs> if you don't study. So I concentrated, got out, and I used that same um, momentum to bulldoze my way through law school, Lagos. Ah, man, as soon as that was over, the relief that done. And now I could actually look at my own life and say, yeah. okay, what do you want to do? And I looked around and there was nothing that I could anchor my future on. And I said, look, you're born abroad. You have the rights to live there. Why don't you go and see what your birthplace has to offer? Of course, we used to go there on holidays once in a while. In those days, hol um, holiday was a privilege, not a right, so, as mm. it is right now. <laughs> so probably every three or four years, you get to travel. So um, it wasn't a completely new place to me. So I got there. <sighs> Luckily for me, I had the connection to work with a law firm. Mm. So I was a solicitor's assistant for a couple of years. But during that period, I just used to look around that. Now I'm not here on holiday, so I could do a bit more exploring my free time, look around a bit more. And I just noticed that, wow, there's just this undercurrent of a high standard when it comes to interiors, mm. when it comes to aesthetics, when it comes to buildings. Well, I said, man, is it that everyone in this city is cool? <laughs> I mean, what's going on here? And then I started doing some research and guess what? I found out something called interior design. I said, mm. what? interior design oh so they actually teach you so there's a thing called how to design. yeah how to um 
create beautiful spaces. spaces. Yeah. I digress quickly. I hack back to when I was in Joss. I actually used to supplement my income by doing up rooms. I remember that now. I would take um, CDs, the, the, the covers, mm. and I'll create a collage out of them, frame them with um, cardboard masking tape and create looks and buy um, proper carpets from um, um, NASCO, which was next to us. I remember yeah. I doubled a lot in, in what I now know to be interior design. So you were practicing before you were certified, <laughs> essentially. I was dabbling. I was creating a portfolio right. for myself before I was certified. Yeah. That brings me quickly to another thing. Mm. I've never been certified in any design course. I've been wow. totally self-taught and self-trained and just out of my own exploration and my own um, pure interest mm. that I have managed to live and make a living for my design, design. wits. Anyway, cut a long story short. We're back to London again. So I've, I've realized this interior design thing. I started understanding, ah, oh, yes. So this is how it works. You go through this training and then I started seeing the back end of the, of the industry, the suppliers, the manufacturers, the, even the media, how they close the gap and promote. And I started understanding the huge connection between just your desire to, to create mm. and how the macro environment supports and enab enables you. So did I go and study? No, I still I didn't have the confidence to come and tell my friends, look, or come and pay for me to come and do a, a design course. Yeah. Because I think I still had that sort of, ah, man, you just have to um, toe the line. You're not the one paying. So, yeah. you know, you have to strike a balance. So I told them, oh, I want to do an MBA. Ah, I said, ah, MBA, law. Ah, this guy's smart. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Now, why did, why did I want to do an MBA? Because I thought, look, maybe at least I'll learn the, the business part of my passion. Right. Or the, the the components that no matter what you do, whether the creative design professional or whatever it is, you will still need to form a business. Mm -hmm. Okay, so maybe I can't do design. At least I would have the business of the design business. Camp. Yeah. Okay. And that's at least I, that, that was more acceptable as well, right? Of course, now <laughs> and I needed someone to pay for uh, yeah. a second degree. So that's how I got into uh, an MBA, and that just fast tracked my mind mm. to wow. So these is what you need to run a business and you know you really like this design thing why do you skip the design bit now the mm. training for design just you know you know you know what the business components are but why don't you just try it and that's how i dived into it and um from about 1994 i set up a shop in hampstead in london back then one of the first african arts and crafts shops um, that i even knew about back then but I never looked back. That was it. So design was pretty much part of your DNA. Yes. You know, you started to you started to feel like that right from when you were a kid. And, Correct. And then you saw it through till till now. Yeah. There and, are many. Sorry. Uh, there are many parts of sort of when I was a kid part that I've missed out. But um, mm. let's see how it just goes and might dabble into it as well. <laughs> we might dabble into it, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But but now if if you were not into design was mm -hmm. there anything else that you wanted to do well i use design as a compassing word for um the huge sort of view i have carpentry mm. um architecture which i really wanted i said would dabble into things architecture mm. was one of the things i wanted to do so i kept up my technical design option in uh, technical drawing design option in secondary school until mm. i got to my um 
GCSE level, I had to mm. drop it because I just thought, what, what am I going to use it for if I'm mm. doing arts, so to speak? Um, so architecture, carpentry, graphics, in terms of graphic design, those are the things, furniture, so mm. carpentry, furniture, those are the things that I really enjoy in design. Mm. Um, so I just use design as an encompassing word for, um, for those things. For those things. I wouldn't say there's any other thing other than design related that mm. I've ever, ever had, had a, um, an inkling to be. No, never had any pull. I've always known from a young age that I was very interested in something I had to do with make using my hands to create something functional and beautiful. Yeah. I was always um, intrigued by when workers come to our house to do anything, repairs, especially carpenters, yeah. builders, any renovation work. I'll sit down with them, just watch the whole process. And I still do that today, till today. So I was, I'd always been, that was my ima- field of imagination. Yeah, yeah. It always sort of fed me very well and I just enjoyed letting myself go. That's lovely. Um, I can hear a lot of self-belief a lot of belief in yourself a lot of you know i know my capacity i know what i'm about i know what i can do um and even at that like you know i just want to know are there are there specific things that you do um to just remind yourself of of this strength and this capacity that you have as a person like how how does that come to you well the first thing i do to remind myself is make sure that i am as honest Mm. in my description of who I am to myself. Mm. I am self-taught. Every day I learn. The more I expose myself to what I call my, the way I make a living, Mm. the more I imbibe what I'll call um, standards, the more I um, open my mind up to possibilities in design, the more I keep myself um, current in the design world books, um, online reviews and exploration, um, going to design shows, Mm. even interacting with real architects, the real artists. It helps me to remember how I started and where I want to end up. I can't lie. I have no feeling of being an imposter. Mm. Why? When I do get a job, I deliver. My client is happy. Mm. They'll compare that end feeling of the client with the same end feeling of same client when someone who is trained has an opportunity to work for that person. We end up both, what I'll say, with an elated client mm. and a client who feels they've got value for them, for their money. Mm. If you can't use the end to measure, um, the truthfulness of your approach or who you are, then what are you going to use? Is it your approach? Your approach is, biased it's you it's whether the person who um expects value gets value and if you exceed what they expect uh, keep it to you as change right this part that you just talked about actually um i remember we're having a conversation earlier and i want to bring this up here yeah, so yeah. you know people can learn from it we're talking about the fact that you're not on social media i mean we're in what we call a digital age Correct. right everyone says oh we're in a digital age and it's um and everyone's telling their stories. We see the importance of telling your story. We see like the impact that telling your story also brings to other people's lives. Um, and it's like people Google Patrick Koshoni, who is, who's done so much amazing work, right? Thank you. And 
you don't it's not out there like in in terms of you know we don't see it it's not the first thing that sort of jumps at us but your reputation pretty much precedes you so but um, there are many angles to it yeah. first my personality mm. um i would say to a certain extent i'm shy but if there's anything like positively shy then that's me secondly i i don't i'm not attracted by noise that it's directed to self i don't think it's necessary mm. Social media, it's fine. I like it. I have nothing against it. But at this age, to carry what I really don't find necessary or suits my personality, I just think it's just baggage. So if I don't need it, I don't need it. Like, um, I don't need to learn, um, a new dance because it's very unlikely I'm going to have an opportunity to or be required to dance or want to dance that dance. But I don't mind knowing the, knowing the new song. Mm. You know what I mean? Why right. should I be carrying things that I really don't really need at this time? I want to be light. That's one aspect. In another way, you look at it from what does social media mean? Um, am I on social media? I remember when Facebook came up. Oh, I enjoyed it. It was so cool. As soon as I met all my friends that I hadn't seen in years, I would say, how are you now? How are you, Dave? Blah, 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 this and that. <laughs> Silence. Nothing much. I remember posting a few pictures. Ah, not bad. This. And then... <laughs> Having to open up Facebook, catch up with this, and then it just started growing exponentially. Big, right. big. It was getting big. I just thought, you know, guys, I think it's actually encroaching on my state of mind. Mm. It's gnawing at my personality a little bit. There's so many highs, so many things, so, so many things to catch up with. You know what? I have some other things I want to really, really catch up with. How about right. that? And so I just sort of toned down and really, I'm not Facebook. I, I I'm not even going to bother closing the page because I think it's, it's good that's going out of your way again to mm. say shut the door right <laughs> the door can be open i don't want to go through it leave right. the door let the door do what it does let me do what i do right. you don't have to shut it to make a statement so it's there i like the web presence what do i mean i like um websites for businesses and things like that so yeah i have one for miliki um i think that's important it's it's a it's a an interesting way to um and an easy way convenient way for people to know what you do yeah so for Miliki, it's just a one-pager anyway, really. I just say what Miliki is about and leave it at that. And I think that that's important. I, I love that, you know, a lot of what you're sharing, you've basically stated that a lot of it is also coming from the type of person that you are. Yes, I have um, to say and that. I, yeah, and I can see, you know, how that plays out. And I think, like, whenever I think about, like, social media, I think about it, you know, in two forms. So I think about it in the sense that you were talking about it, which is more pro promotional, right, mm -hmm. from a promotional standpoint, mm -hmm. which is... You know, um, this is what Miliki is about, blah, blah, blah. But then there's the other parts, which is, which I believe is also important, which is basically, you know what? I want to show people that this thing, it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't just show up. Miliki didn't just show up today. Mm. There was a process. There was a story. Um, and knowing that that story, the stories that we tell are extremely impactful to people who are not within this space mm. you know so someone in china sitting somewhere who's mm. thinking about starting something similar mm. here's your story you know can their journey they can see how their lives intersect with that mm. story and there's just something powerful that mm. happens when you share and so for me i always feel like you know it's the intention um behind why you're sharing Correct. right and so if you know that you know like this for me is not just a oh i just want to be telling everyone who i am but this for me is you know it's so powerful like, through amplification of who I am, whether it's comfortable or not, mm -hmm. because trust me, I'm quite out there mm -hmm. and 
I love my privacy. I love that um, I can be introverted, but extroverted at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, however, I also view what I do and my sharing on social media as a as something I need to do. Mm. You know, so it's so it's actually a job to some extent, and it's the work that I have to do because I understand. I've seen the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. I've actually seen the results of it. So sometimes I feel like you know. Y- you might not be doing it now, but when you, if you start to do it at some point and you see the results, because it seems to me that you're a results driven person. Correct. Like that's what will trigger you to continue doing it. Correct. It's like, I can see clearly, you know, you see those results and that just makes you feel like, you know what, I'm going to get, I'm going to make you a social media guy. Well, <laughs> let me. You know, just, just within your, your comfort zone, what yeah. makes you, what you're comfortable about, making sure that you're getting the results that you, want that will push you a little bit further i like your insistence it's very positive <laughs> and it also now lets me have to say that um you're clever <laughs> so i hear you say that social media can be um, like a catalog of signposts right um catalog of information that can spare um, spur other people people other people can rely on for um finding their own way through their, their own journeys of life. Mm-hmm. And it also helps to archive a process yeah. um, so that other people can can use it. Mm-hmm. And it also tells your life story. Mm-hmm. Let's call it PK was here mm-hmm. um, through Miliki or whatever. So yes, I see social media as, from that point of view, as a, a good repository of information like that. That's useful. Yeah. Why I say you're clever is because... Um, I agree with you. And that's part of leaving an archive of, of information, mm. maybe through social media, through whatever, will come in due course. Mm. But I believe that the fullness of the, of my pursuit mm. or, or my destination has to be achieved. Mm. And then I will take that wholeness and then put it out there for those who might be interested. Mm. I'm on a journey myself. And when I think I've passed a halfway point or I can see where I'm going, then I'll be able to write with a a state of mind that allows me to be um, careful in the way I put my past together and the way I shine a light on my the rest of my journey, mm. but I'm still grappling and learning as I go along. And I think that, um, when I have, what's the word to it? A, a, a very, a, a comprehensive gr- grasp of what I'm, what I'm doing and where I'm going, mm. then I'll put the signpost because I don't want to put signposts that will lead people into, mm. um, holes mm. <laughs> and pitfalls. Because I'm just cataloging what I do every day. Mm. What if what I did one of these days and then it meets some wahala? <laughs> well, I should be able to catalog the wahala to, as well as yes, as well. and and that's the beauty of it. Is yeah. I think that you know, depending on the type of person you are, because it's also being able to say that. Look, I'm not saying that everything I'm my life is perfect. Correct. So I'm not even trying to be an authority. Correct. Right? So when you speak with speak to people or speak with people, you're not speaking at them. Correct. You're not saying I'm an authority, listen to everything I say, believe everything I say. I'm saying this is what works for me. Correct. If this changes at any point, right, I, I believe that it is 
your responsibility if you're thrust into a leadership position Correct. right to be able to say xyz didn't work out the way i planned or i'd hoped for it to work out, and this is what i learned Correct. from that you know period and i think that you know that's something that most human beings Correct. don't know how to say because right. because there is the you know there's either the shame that comes mm -hmm. from it there is the you admitting mm -hmm. that you've made mistakes it's all of that stuff and i think that most people shy away from that but this is where i believe that some people have a responsibility to be different <laughs> you know so it's like yeah you know you're we know on the back end that we're all a type of people but the challenge i always have with people who are a type of people is they're all like this like you know we all feel the same way like oh my god we don't want to be all about the fluff and and all of that and it's 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 a mindset mm -hmm. and it's something that is hard to get past but it's something that is also important well i'm glad to know that i'm not the only one who feels that's <laughs> yeah, about it yeah. so but um i think the time for telling mm my story and putting it out there will come yeah. in due course and that's I'm, fair enough yeah so yeah. let me just put it in this way that i'm not against telling my story yeah. it's just that the method that people use nowadays and also the um connotations right or wrong that can come from that using that mm. method um i don't really need that wahala the drama the drama <laughs> um yeah so why is it telling us this i mean there's just so much yeah. unnecessary i read i because i'm not um in social media does not mean i don't dabble into it and right. read once in a while and right. see what's going on there's too much mm. i won't use the word too much from my point of view um there are a lot of unnecessary statements mm. people don't even have any facts and they write things that they don't even know about yeah. um anybody can write anything and anybody can react to anything any nonsense or sense in any which way I just think there's just yeah. plenty of noise yeah. and sometimes uh, the truth gets lost in that noise. Mm. I've got other ways to um, make noise. Yeah. I'll make noise by making sure that I deliver what I want to deliver yeah. and then let the world debate or let people talk about it. So actually that opens my mind up to something else. Yeah. Tell me. Does social media have to be in the form that social media is? Remember what I said, the end result of delivering my services, the, um, positive um uh, feedback or negative feedback mm -hmm. that the end user gets remember i said that's social media mm -hmm. for me so the form of social media so the, social media is, yeah social media is not doing it's just digitized now mm -hmm. and phew, that's cool but mm -hmm. the other way is cool too yeah i mean so people call it anti-social media as well because yeah. <laughs> because it's supposed to bring you close mm -hmm. to people mm -hmm. but it actually drifts people apart because then you feel like, you know, I see this person all the time online and because I see them, like I never, I never really need to reach out to them. So it's like, you see them in person, maybe after one year, someone who lives down the street from you, you see them after one year and you're like, and you feel like you see them every day because you see them on social Correct. media yeah. and you assume so much about their lives um, that, I mean, I have conversations with some of my friends who sometimes feel like nobody checks up on me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm going through stuff. Nobody checks up on me because they assume that you're okay. Because if you can go on social media, you must be okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and so it it does drive people to um, 
to be antisocial and not really care about what's around you, what's in your environment, the people around you. Well, and build those relationships. I agree totally. For example, mm. now, if I said I wasn't into social media, mm. what are we doing now? A podcast. Am I correct? It's social, right? It's social. Mm. It's going to be put on social media. Mm. So I am contributing in my own yeah. way. But what I've done is chosen the platforms. The ways, yeah, yeah, the the platforms. ways to express. Yes, because I believe this is a bit more yeah. me. Yeah. It's traditional. I we're agree. conversing. Yeah. It's not that someone has just taken a statement, put it yeah. out of context or, you know. Mm. Yeah. I agree. It's being I, able to control your platforms. Yeah. And I, and I, I'm more comfortable with this, like this, this version of mm. social media. So yeah, I'm not averse to social media. Mm. I've said that in due course, um, I will find a way to put my information yeah. out there. I'm in the journey myself. I don't know where I'm going. Mm. I like where I'm being pulled to. I like what I'm looking at. Mm. I'm enjoying my past. The things I regret, the things I'm happy mm. about. Mm. You know, I'll write my story and put it out there if need be mm. in due course. In the meanwhile, please relate to my social media life through what the people who enjoy or not enjoy my services right. say. Same. That's it. Yeah. The reality. Yeah. Unbiased. Yeah. No superlatives. You know, we've talked about Miliki so much in this conversation, mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't know what Miliki is. I want you to kind of tell me, you know, how how Miliki started, what Miliki even means, mm -hmm. the word Miliki, mm -hmm. how you came up with that, um, and what Miliki is. Okay. Tell me a bit about it. So how it started was out of frustration. Frustration mostly caused by my um, dissatisfaction with the options for leisure mm. and for hanging out in Lagos. I moved back to Lagos um, 17 years ago, 2002. Uh, of course, I grew up in Lagos before. I left here when I was 23. So I sort of know the social currency, mm. the going rate, what's on, what's off, blah, blah, blah. I'm always in Lagos. Even when I was abroad for 12 years, I was always, I never missed a Christmas. The longest I stayed abroad without coming to Lagos was a year, nine months. That was the longest. So I'm, uh, I kept abreast. Mm. So it's not as if I traveled out, I was out of town for so long and then I came back and I didn't really like what I saw. I knew what was, what was going on. But I'd evolved over the years, of course, and enjoyment, relaxing, socializing, the noise in Nigeria, is too, in Lagos, let me say, is too much for me. Mm. Um, noise from unnecessary talk, um, noise from music, the noise from waste, mm. when I mean waste, being wasteful in terms of catering to the party, right. all the um, numbers of people who are in part of the party. I just call everything noise. Mm. There's already noise on a daily basis trying to make a, a living. And then you say you're relaxing and you're imbibing the same kind of noise. Right. I thought, guys, man, me, I like correct parties, parties. Not only part, whatever, whatever it was, there was always this <laughs> was aspect of noise. Right. Maybe when you go to a friend's place sometimes, but how many times do you even have time to go and hang out with friends? Yeah. And most of the time, you don't want to sit in the house. You say, ah, oh, let's go somewhere or whatever. Anyway, so it came out of this frustration of not being satisfied with what social options there were for me. And I realized that, look, I'm not the only one who would possibly have this notion. I mean, uh, the way I was brought up and grew up and my values <laughs> a thousand millions of people who had who shared the same values growing up mm. are all of them anti-noise as i am maybe not but i think some of them will be the other frustration was um i was doing lounges and restaurants and hospitality related things for people 
And anytime I had the opportunity to do so, mm. I tried to tweak them and bend them. I divert them a little along a certain style of style. Mm. But hey, I wasn't the one paying the money. They wanted quick returns. And in doing so, the approach and the way I had to do the job didn't allow me to, um, for these things to manifest right. in, the, in those, in those briefs, in those jobs. So I was getting a bit mm. frustrated. Guys, man, this is the way I think. Patrick, is that what we asked you to do? Right. So <laughs> right. I just had to check myself. What the client versus what you yeah, and, and, believe and is right. Yeah. You'll be surprised that something like return, the rate of return on investment actually mm. affects design. Mm. <laughs> you got to, the way you dangle your carrots, the, the shine shine you have to put there is different. If I'm trying to build something over long term, it affects design as mm. when I'm trying to get my returns short term. You know? Um, and then, so those two frustrations said, you know what? Why don't you just do your own? Mm. Always trying to do other people's own. Always do your own now. Ah, let's see. And my time abroad also exposed me to, let's call it an alternative way of, of enjoying myself. Yeah. After they started doing all the sort of first level clubs, the mm. cinemas that are hanging out, raves and all that kind of stuff. I started getting older and wanting a bit more quiet way of enjoying yeah, myself. Yeah. So I started getting, exposed to these things they call let's call them speakeasies because i know that's a good way to put let's call them underground clubs or mm. lounges they're informal um no name nothing just where people hang out beautiful mm. dj super music quiet food all sorts of people mm. it's like in a house and you know i really liked it i got to know people more yeah. just there you can go and sit off in that corner if you only listen to music go downstairs if you only mm. just play stay upstairs if you want to play pool go you know variety within the same yeah. setting and i found myself really digging that style so somehow i always knew that one day i'm going to create it for myself and then the last thing that made me just go into it was um when i when my marriage came to an end mm. i said wow 70 year, year marriage wow like that that's how marital life can end sorts of gives me an idea of how mortal life can end too mm. <laughs> you know no no alarm man just gonna happen right. What is it that you want to do before that one too closes? I said, you know what? This is the time for me to actually pursue something that I really want to do. And in doing so, it formed and gave me a sort of therapy. Mm. Something for me to concentrate on. For me, something to me to put all my energy, right. all my angst, all my frustrations, all the, let's call it the bitter part of, of the of the marriage breakup mm. and then i added the fact that i always wanted to do this so i said you know what create your own refuge you need somewhere to put your head now you you you, you want to pull away but don't let it control you don't mm. go into a, a black hole or something why don't you use that energy and convert it into something good so in withdrawing i withdrew to create and to feed that. my own soul yeah. i didn't withdraw to diminish myself right i withdrew to, withdrew to strengthen myself and create a springboard mm. and then when that thing comes out then i will re, be reborn but this time de defined by my own requirements mm. and that's how miliki came about a place where i could find my own refuge define my the way i wanted to interact with people from now on unburden the creativity mm. and also with time interact with people at my own level mm. And that's how Miliki was born. It was out of um, a need to, to fulfill self. Yeah. And then realize that it had to be shared. So you feel like that that strengthened your identity as well as a, as a person. Super strengthening. 
I enjoy the whole process, the thinking. Because there's a lot of you in the space. So a lot of people <laughs> say. So right. a lot of people say. But to me, yeah. it's not me bringing myself. Yeah, you know? I, know, I'm I know. I'm I'm creating something, yeah. and when I'm creating, I think you never realize that it's a reflection it's of you. you. Yes, it's, you're putting it out there, yeah. but you don't know you're putting yourself yeah. out there. And you love. I mean, it, it, it's also reflective of the kind of music that you like to listen to, of right? Course. Because you've got all of that amazing <sighs> music there. <laughs> I love my bedroom, man. Yeah. Um, my what dad, kind of music? I, I know what kind yeah. of music you like based off of that. What right. kind of music do you? Not sounding so comprehensive. Mm -hmm. I love all sorts of music that I love. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. I can listen to anything and get the groove. Mm. As long as I find a nice beat, a purpose in the music, I listen and I think, what's this guy trying to say? Or what's, what's, what's this music trying to say? Yeah. And then I get a bit of it. Then I want to find out more. And in doing so, I open up. So I, I remove all my um, expectations and just listen to the music. And then in doing so, I find out there's a rhythm, there's mm. a message. This is someone also putting themselves out there. Are you a perfectionist? No. You're not? But I pursue excellence. Mm. What do I mean by pursue excellence? Mm. Anything worth doing is worth doing well. Mm. Especially when people pay you with an expectation that you would deliver. When you deliver, things happen. First, you justified their, their investment in you. You've justified the money that you've earned. Mm. Then you've left a reflection of your capability for others to link and to use, to, um, ref to, to refer to good things and to mm. refer to you. So there's so many good things that you do when you are excellent. And then when you pursue excellence, you find the best way to do something. Mm. And in that journey, you discover more. I like the responsibility that comes mm. with delving into self when one pursues excellence. You've got to find out, have I got what it takes? And then you have to open one part and the excellence requires more. You ask yourself again, have I got what it takes? Mm. And every time when you deliver, that whole process is crystallized and captured and you can rely on it because it feeds your self-confidence feeds your ability you pursue excellence you deliver you capture that feeling the process the elation the difficulties everything and that feeds you mm. so pursuing excellence is actually a positively selfish way to improve self while delivering to others I love that. I usually end um, the show asking people, where can we find you? But in your case, it's like, I can't end it that way. Because <laughs> I'm usually like, oh, where can we find you on social media? And, and everyone says their handles. But, but so I'm going to end mine um, in two ways. One, I'm going to ask you, tell me a quote, right, that resonates with you and that you sort of live by, right? And, and tell me why. So that's my number one. My number two is, tell us where we can find Miliki. <laughs> a walking ant does more than a dozen ox. Hmm. What does that mean? As small as an ant is, when it is a walking, as in W-O-R-K-I-N-G, mm. it will achieve more than the 
10,000 times stronger ox that is sleeping. It means do your bit. Don't put yourself down because of what you feel is the small size of what you're achieving. While bigger players or stronger players are sleeping. In doing so, you've achieved more than those bigger people. And you've satisfied yourself according to the limits and the extent of your strength. You can't do more than that. So be satisfied and be content as long as you are making things happen to your capabilities. Don't measure yourself unnecessarily with others who, because they are stronger. Mm. They are sleeping and you are working. So will that grain of sand move from left to right if you are sleeping? If you pick it up and move it, you move that grain of sand. And if that is what you intend to do, mm. you've achieved. Leave the big ones to be sleeping. And if the big ones are working, they're working according to their capabilities. You didn't choose your parents. And you're, not everybody can be ox mm. or oxen. I love it. I love it. And then another one I love, it's very simple. And that's the overriding one. Do unto others. What you want done unto you. I mean, yes. I, everybody knows that one, but it's mm. not so easy to maintain. Mm. The maintaining of it in every sphere of your life will, will bring providence and give you the Midas touch. Mm. I love it. So where can people find Miliki? www.miliki.ng Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show, Patrick. I enjoyed the conversation. I wish we can go on and on. Yeah. The great thing about it is people are probably going to be like, we want part two and then we'll have to have a part two because <laughs> there's so much we can talk about. So many topics. Excellent. So I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Thanks so much, Patrick. What's up, Lumination Tribe? Subscribe to this channel for more insightful and impactful learning. Check out our website, luminaworld.com, for show episodes, resources, and events. Let's continue this journey of growth.